happy new year to everyone. It is a bright and shiny 2021. We hope everyone has had a restful holiday. 2020 was mostly a global mess, but some good things came out of it. Uh, you know, the motorcycle industry, at least in North America, did pretty well. And I think a lot of us reprioritized things in our lives um, that focused more on making us happy. And I can never argue with that. The series of vaccines that developed in record time, you know, everyone is hoping to get back to some sort of whatever normal is going to be. For adventure riders, that means hitting the road. That's right, hitting the road. Hopefully not literally. But what are some tools you can use to plan your trip, short or long distance? What are some good destinations? All of this and more on 80 Moto Live number 21. All right, our feature guest for tonight needs very little to no introduction for many of us who regularly scour the adventure web. She's been riding since 12 years old uh, in the great state of Maine, or from the great state of Maine. She eventually started racing everything from motocross to drag racing before finding a love in adventure riding. And before long, she was building her own obstacle courses and competing in BMW's International GS Trophy. Now she's an important part of the BDR program and inspiring everyone to explore the United States. From riding around the world or her backyard, she's a wealth of knowledge and infectious energy. Everyone, please welcome Jocelyn Snow. Thank you, Carl. Thank you. Gosh, it's so good to be here. How are, How are you? you? Good. How are you doing tonight? Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. What's up with uh, with you? I mean, you know, where are you right now? Well, you know, I'm actually behind this little blue wall is my shop. I'm actually at work. That's <laughs> where I've been spending a lot of my time. All right. What's your day job when you're not out conquering the trails? <laughs> so I'm a sign contractor. So I have a sign business as well as a vehicle wrap company. So we're always busy. Building, servicing, fabricating, installing signage for different businesses, and uh, doing vehicle wraps and graphics. Keeps me pretty busy. <laughs> well, that's a lot of literally hands-on work. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's sometimes difficult to balance my work and my riding. Um, I always want to be riding. I always want to be out on the bike. But, of course, in order to fund that, you kind of have to put some time on the clock. So. <laughs> but I have a fantastic staff, and they're so good. Uh, they take such good care of me. Um, so whenever I have an event or a ride or something that I just got to get to, they uh, they do they they really step it up, cover the shop for me. So I'm real fortunate that way. Oh well, that's good. You know, it's good to have you know good 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 staff you know and just really friends that are there to you know be able to back you up so you know you can you can you can go out and do all the other crazy stuff you need to do right there's never yeah. enough hours in the day for all the fun we want to have yeah that's true and uh didn't you just finish uh kind of like a contest you're also like a contractor or something like that right and you just and you, and you just had a contest for like a for like a, a like a ten thousand dollar dream garage build, which by the way I could use. I don't know if you've got an, any extra one of those programs going around. <laughs> well, yes, you're right. So we, I decided um, to give away a dream garage. There's a lot of people are going. You got to be crazy 
you're you're giving away ten thousand dollars of your money to build out somebody else's garage. I don't understand. How does it work? Why are you doing this? And I'm so glad I am. I haven't had any regrets. Basically, when this thing started, or how it started, I was I was working in my garage on my newly acquired uh, BMW 450 dirt bike. I was working on it, had the music going, just kind of enjoying my space. And I went, oh, my friend stopped by, a couple of friends stopped by and went into the beer fridge and grabbed a drink and sat down and we started bench racing and telling moto stories. And it was just such a fantastic time. And after everybody left, I was locking up and I went across the way to the barn and was locking up the barn. And I happened to look at one of the motorcycles I had that was just been sitting there for a while. I have a few different adventure bikes. So this poor adventure bike was just sitting. And I thought to myself, you know, I could sell that thing and raise enough money to build somebody a garage like I have. And that could be pretty fun. And so it went from something casual because I had recently, you know, I had posted a picture of my garage on uh, social media. I think it was Facebook and people were replying, oh, that's, that's amazing. And what a dream. And oh, I could only wish I had a garage like that. And, and I felt instead of feeling, you know, proud of my garage, I actually I felt kind of, kind of sad that these people didn't have, I mean, this is something I guess I kind of take for granted. So it went from there to become a giveaway. And then it went from that into well, who do I give it to? And how do I give this away? So that went into a contest. And let me tell you what, Carl, <laughs> the, the entries that I got for this contest, we had, oh, I think it was almost 150. And people had to send in pictures of their garage, existing garage. And wow, you know, that space becomes a storage for a lot of people, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, garages are a lot of things to a lot of people, and, and they're kind of different things to even people in in the same house. You know, uh, for, for some people, it's almost like their own mini temple or church or something. <laughs> you, know, you know, you can kind of go in there, get away from everything. You know, people might not bother you as much if they know you're working on something or something like that. Uh, you know, but for some people, it's just a place to throw stuff. Right. You know what I mean? You know, that won't fit in your living room or your basement or whatever. Like, it's just a place to throw. But either way, it uh, behooves us all to have a well-organized garage. And that is something that is actually on one of my uh, New Year's list resolutions. Uh, <laughs> there you I go. Got, I, I got two two small kids, and man, the garage fills up uh, pretty fast with bicycles and everything like that. You know, but anyway, yeah, so you got a lot of things going on. You know, uh, so how much time do you, do you find you can take off to ride, you know? Yeah, riding's tricky. Um, I haven't done a lot of large rides. Sometimes I'm able to, to go out on the weekend and do a spin. Um, luckily, I have that challenge course in my backyard and I have 15 acres. So, you know, sometimes if I can get an early morning or get home before it gets too dark, I'm able to do a little ride. But, you know, probably not as much riding. It's supposed to be like my New Year's resolution was going to be do more riding, <laughs> but I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> You've already done a little. I think yeah. I was following your Instagram. It looked like you were out, you know, snapping some pics and doing some videos and stuff. So there's something there. I'm always able to take Christmas. I usually do a ride with my buddy at Brock at Christmas time. So that was a lot of fun. 
we uh, we got up into the snow. We went from the snow up Northern California all the way into Nevada. I think I don't know how many miles we logged, but we were all over the place. It was a good time. We posted a few photos up on the Instagram, but yeah, I made some new New Year's resolutions. <laughs> I decided um, that this year, 2021, I'm going to ride to 12 new places. So that's averaging like a new place every month. It shouldn't be too, too difficult to do. And I'm also going to attend a rally. That's a goal of mine as well. There you go. Right on. Hopefully, because right I'm, I'm, I miss the rallies. I miss my friends. I miss, you know, that camaraderie where we all come together and, and talk about riding. And my third New Year's resolution, um, I try to do this every year, is I'm going to teach somebody how to ride. So if anybody's watching this and they don't know how to ride, you know, hit me up because that's, that's, that's definitely a goal. Well, that's right. And, uh, and she's, she can actually do that, too, because I believe you're a certified trainer. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you got plenty of things you know, uh, going on. And it sounds like, you know, really probably just like a lot of people, you know, sometimes you can get away for, you know, uh, more time. Um, but sometimes, probably most of the time. You know, you can't. You're kind of tethered to some kind of responsibility or something at home or for work. You know, times times being what they are. Sometimes that's both. <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah. You know, so you know, how do you how do you you know plan differently? Uh, you know, between a short or a long ride. You know, so so let's say uh, so let's say someone you know only has let's say they've got a weekend or something like that you know uh, or let's say you only have a weekend let's say you've got a day or maybe a night maximum two nights that you can take away uh from your uh, you know usual routine you know what i mean i mean what's the difference in doing this planning you know to i guess to determine whether i'm going to be taking a what would be considered a longer ride and a shorter ride i just gotta ask myself am i coming home tonight and <laughs> sometimes that makes all the difference and even if i'm coming home tonight and I think it's going to be a day ride, you know, we're, we're adventure riders and we, we tend to explore. We, you know, our curiosity gets the best of us, you know, what's down that road? Well, oh, I can go down that trail and what's past that trail. All this goes somewhere else. And before you know it, at least with me anyway, what's supposed to be a day ride turns into a multiple day ride. Mm. So <laughs> with that said, um, if I'm, planning on doing a day ride meaning coming home tonight uh i still will pack for an adventure you never know i i actually have been stuck out several days as a matter of fact the christmas ride the christmas ride was supposed to be four days and uh we got stuck the, all the mountain passes were closed and we had to go way way out of out of our way to get back into California. Um, and so that added a day, you know, and on top of it, you know, we were going right by Titus Canyon and I wanted to do that. So, you know, it just extended the, the, uh, the trip a little bit. So, yeah. <laughs> well, so, so w within, let's say a day's ride or a couple of days from where you are in, in California, what are some, what are some real good, you know, ADV dual sport riding areas near where you are? So where I'm at, we have, of course, we have Big Sur and, you know, Big Sur is just a, 
a half hour, 45 minutes out from where I live. And you have to go right by Laguna Sega on the way. So it's not such a bad ride. There has been some fire damage, unfortunately, but we're hoping with the rain that they'll be able to open up some of these fire roads. We have a very cool road that runs about, I'm going to say, it's a good hour and a half ride. And it runs across the top of the mountains all the way from one end down to the other end of Big Sur. And then eventually just kind of rolls its way down to the ocean. And, and that's, that's just a gorgeous, gorgeous ride. We also have a, a bunch of like OHV areas, um, as well as like, you know, places that you can just go and ride, even though there's a lot of dirt bikes out there. Sometimes if you can catch it on a weekday, and we have like Hollister Hills and Carnegie and um, different parks like that. And they are really fun to go to during the week, take your adventure bike out and challenge yourself, maybe go out onto the motocross track when there's no one there. Or do some do some tight uh, trail riding. That's pretty. That's pretty fun too. And uh, and then of course, just go the other direction. Um, another forty five minutes the other way. I have the redwood trees, um, big basin. Uh, if you want to go up Highway Nine up to the famous Alice's, that's always a blast. And once you get up there, gosh, there's this street riding forever curvy fun carved through the canyons is the best and again pops you right out along the ocean into santa cruz and it's just a it's a great day so if anybody else wants to go for a day ride around here let me know because there's there's plenty to choose from i'm very fortunate to live where i do well that's cool kevin zook uh, you know from the audience says he's got a brother lives at miranda that's just north of you yes do you know know miranda is is there anything cool around there isn't everything cool i don't know we can't give away all the cool spots right Mm -hmm. oh okay all right (laughs) shh (laughs) (laughs) okay well that's cool so you know uh so you're saying that you only really you know that you can't really pack for a short ride kevin even said something like that in the chat room but um you know you you always have to take a minimum Right. So for, for a short ride, what do you consider, you know, in part of your uh, kit as a minimum? For a short ride, I still always carry my tool pack. Um, I like the cruise tools, travel tool pack. It's all ready to go. It's set up for my bike and I've got plenty of extra tools to fit other people's bikes. I didn't used to carry, but I now carry a, uh, filter for water. I've actually run out of water. You know, that's really what happens when you start going, what's down here and what's down here and what's down here. And then I've gotten myself into predicaments where I was going to take a while to get the bike back out. And water's pretty important. And if, if I carry extra water, that's great. But if I ever run out, it's always good to be able to turn a muddy mud puddle into something you can drink. <laughs> so I take that. Um, I also take a siphon a tool, a siphon pump because i don't always want to carry spare fuel unless i'm going on a long trip and and, uh, most of the time when i'm siphoning fuel for someone it's for someone more than for myself that's that's always good you know and gas tastes horrible it does it does and that's why the little the siphon pump is pretty awesome it's just like a hose on each end with a pump in the middle and it makes it, you know, lickety split. You can get yourself enough fuel to get get out of where you got to go. Um, and if you saw my recent towing video, how to tow a bike, 
um, I carry a toe strap and I've had to use it. And what's interesting is I've had to use it more, more than you would imagine. I had to use it on the Christmas ride a couple of years ago uh, when a bike went over the cliff. And I had to use it, almost had to use it actually just recently where my buddy broke his uh, clutch lever, some other things, and we were going to have to tow the bike. Um, but yeah, toe straps are pretty important <laughs> and you can use them for a lot of different things. Uh, and if it hopefully never comes to it, but in the event that you need to provide first aid, they're nice to tie up as a tourniquet or something like that. Mm. Of course, I always try to bring some money and uh cash yeah a little bit of cash take it away in a couple of different spots just in case um and then a tracking device whether it's uh, a spot or a delorme something like that and you know i've said in the past i've looked at it and like i don't need to carry it and just throw it on the the counter in the garage and that's when I needed it that's the trip i didn't think i was gonna need it it's just gonna be a day ride maybe a two-day ride but yeah, I really wished I would have had it. Um, so now I just carry it with me all the time. I always take first aid kit. Always. Regardless how long or how short the ride, I always have a first aid kit and I've been really glad that I have. That's about it. A little food, a couple of snacks. I don't know how you ride when you get hangry, Carl, but you know, I don't ride so good when I'm hangry. Even just something uh, with a little sugar, some deli beans, a granola bar, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, when I was in Tibet and I was riding, I was a much younger man back then. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in, in, in China, they had these little tubes, like peanut butter was not as, as common, and it wasn't what you put on bread or sandwiches. They had these little tubes. They were like snacks. So I would, I would pack a bunch of these little tubes of peanut butter, and then, uh, and then they had these compressed biscuits. And that's what I would literally eat all day for breakfast and lunch. And then I would try to find some place that had a more normal, warm meal at night. But, you know, you have to eat pretty, pretty simple when I got to be honest with you, I could probably use some of that, uh, you know, diet again. That actually sounds pretty good. Maybe you could order some of those on Amazon and send them my way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you would want to eat some of the ones that I ate, huh? But, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but, but you could you could try it if you wanted to. Some of them were like mince meat flavored. It was kind of bizarre. But you know, when you're starting in the middle of nowhere, you eat uh, you know, I mean, you eat anything. It was more like uh, it was more like a military ration food that I sweetened up with some peanut butter. You know, but right. uh, but yeah, I know here we have a much more luxurious assortment of of food. You know, we've got power bars. We've got all these dried camping foods and stuff like that. You know. Oh, I was going to ask you when you filter your water, what kind of filter do you use? And I, you know, I, I don't recall the brand because um, I took it out of the package, but it's uh, it's just a little handheld one where you just kind of can put it in, push it through, and it comes out into a cup or a glass or whatever you want to use or what you're drinking with. I'm not sure what brand it is. That's a good question. What do you use? Well, to be honest with you, I haven't I haven't done any real long distance stuff around here, and there's water everywhere ah. out here. So 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 uh, I don't normally carry a filter, but I will carry uh, at least an extra uh, couple bottles of water in the bags, and I will carry a Camelback too as well. Um, to be honest with you, it's been a while since I've been on any extended rides, and that's another thing I want to do uh, this year. Uh, you know, I've I've only been through sections of the MABDR, just in local riding, and I would like to probably actually kind of go that with some of the crew out here uh, for those yeah. who don't know we're based in virginia uh so uh, so we're you know east coast homies over here <laughs> awesome so all right so for long trips then 
I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there's some overlap, but you know, when you're, when you're planning for long trips, what's the difference? And you know, how much time do you consider long in terms of, you know, being away? All right. Well, so a longer trip we've, so we went to the micro trip, which could be like you're commuting, you got to go to and from work, or you're just going to go down to the store. And then you have your short trip, which we thought was maybe, am I coming home today? We're planning on that to be coming home today. And then I'll have like, a multiple day trip and that would be like the christmas ride i was talking about you know three four days ride but then when you get into um a journey or an adventure now i'm thinking that would be like when i went to alaska that was 30 days twelve thousand miles and uh that that was quite quite a ride quite an adventure and I, it took a lot of planning and packing and and making sure that i had all the right things and i i learned a lot from from that trip this year at the the end of this year i'm going to take a 60-day trip so that's going to be fun. I'm going to take a ride uh, with a group of friends and we're going to go on Helge's uh, ride. We're going to do China, Tibet, Nepal, India, uh, Thailand. Uh, we're just going to go all around. So that'll be fun. But there's a lot of preparation that has to take place for a long trip like that, whether it's Alaska or if you're going to another country, it still takes quite a bit. And packing is very important. There's nothing worse than when you don't have something and you really need it. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, you know, uh, yeah, th- this is, and if I recall, this is Helge's, this is like one of his final trips, right? Yeah, so he has three more trips and he's retiring, right? Wow. And so this is one of three. Wow. Uh, wow. Well, 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 for those who might not know, Helge, Helge Peterson, right? Peterson or Pedersen? What's the correct? It's Prince Envelope Envelope, I think, unless we oh, were okay. him. <laughs> okay, anyway, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's really been a mainstay staple for the adventure touring globally even since before it became popular in the united states you know and is it globe riders was that yes globe yeah Riders. yeah right and uh i mean he's been doing some some really extensive rallies and managed to get people into some countries like china that are very difficult to get into um if you're just transiting through there um well you know if you do go uh you know end up going through there and you know being able to meet some locals and stuff like that please say jashi dele to some of the local tibetans that's their hello and they're just some of the some of the warmest friendliest people uh, i've probably ever met in my entire life but uh well i mean that sounds fantastic so you know uh we got short trips we could say we could take longer trips and then you got these kind of like full-blown month two month long international trips you know what i mean is there one that you like more than the other or do you just kind of try to get in uh, get in as many as you can you know, they're all adventures in their own way, and they're all exciting. Sometimes, I, I mean, I've had a day ride that has been so memorable, and I mean, just a blast. And then, of course, I've had a long ride, 30 days or more. For me, it's, I don't have one that I prefer over the other. I think they're just really different, though. For instance, when we were at the Trophy in um mongolia or recently in new zealand that was a week and a half there riding all over that's amazing and sometimes when you get into for me anyway when i get into the longer trips it becomes a little bit less about the riding which is always good and a little bit more about the people 
because uh, the longer I'm there, the more I, I settle into the culture and start to, to meet the locals. Colombia, I did Colombia a couple of times last year, uh, South Africa. And that's just amazing. And it's a different type of experience. And whereas, you know, a couple day ride or something that I might do more locally, it's more something I might do with some closer friends and uh, just maybe just exploring what's nearby or closer to me. And, and even like the Christmas ride, you know, it's four days, five days of just California and Nevada, right around home, not far. And uh, just being real grateful for, for what, what I have around me, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, from time to time, especially recently, we've been talking about this idea of investing in yourself, you know, especially in with 2020 kind of being a little awkward. Uh, but we're meeting a lot of people, both young and old, who are planning to really get out this year now that things are loosening up maybe a little bit, uh, at least domestically. To you, you know, I mean, what are like, what do you get out of adventure travel? Well, to, so adventure travel is quite a contrast to just everyday travel. For instance, everyday travel, if you're in a car or, or a bus or taxi, what have you, it's, it's kind of somewhat, usually anyway, uneventful. It's mild travel, if you will. Um, but when you're on an adventure bike, you're you're literally physically working for it you're you know feeling the terrain and the elements and the the temperature changes and you're smelling the fresh air and and i i feel like adventure riding is so much more than just i like street riding don't get me wrong but if you're on a street bike you're kind of going from here to there whereas with an adventure bike you just really absorb you know your surroundings um i think adventure riding you also get like a sense of accomplishment getting from point a to point b and and that that becomes more and more like the more mm, the more you dish it out like the more technical the ride gets that's the kind of ride when you're done and you plop down with your buddies and you're like, yeah, like that was so cool. But it really probably wasn't cool in the middle of the ride because you're struggling with the terrain or, you know, the weather or your bike or whatever it is. But boy, when you get through something like that and you've made it to your destination, whatever it is, it's it's just it's the best you just you feel like you you've done it you know um well you grow and you become more confident from 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 doing things you didn't believe you could do before and that's yeah yeah i mean that's 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 got to be one of the best things you know i mean i remember i think it was the tiger 1200 junket and i think it was in it was another in spain or in italy anyway some of these some of the international journals there and they had some i think it was from 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 india so they had you know, the asian journals there some of these guys had never ridden a bike that large wow through you know rocks and sand and all this other kinds of stuff and the trainer there from from triumph was just like yeah you know this guy was literally paralyzed and we got to a section he was he was kind of cr he was crying and you know because he didn't want to, you know i mean you're I mean, those are large expensive bikes i mean you're used to riding 125s and 150s and suddenly you're on this 1200 cc you know twenty thousand dollar machine that's i mean you might as well be flying a spaceship <laughs> 
I mean, come on, let's be honest. You know, you've got all these dash controls and the screens are blinking at you and you've got warning lights and all this kinds of weird stuff going on. I mean, you straight up, you might as well be sitting in a starfighter, you know, but, but he said he worked with the guy all day and he got him to the point where he could go over it. And at the end of the day, you know, he took off his helmet and he was just a giant smile, See, you know, and, you know, and that's what it is. He, he went back from that, a different person. And that's, and that's what I hope we all try to get out of, you know, out of the world of ADV, whatever it is we're looking for. I think that's the main thing. We want to become different people and grow. It's so true. And I guess I would add, one other thing that maybe separates the the general travel from adventure travel is is you kind of you connect with other people when you're out on the bike you know and you you see other riders and you want to stop and see what they're doing and where they're going and what they've been up to and vice versa you you always pull into a gas station and i mean gosh of course you're going to have a conversation if you're traveling in a car I mean, how many times have you pulled up to a gas station in your car and just really had a memorable conversation with someone else, you know? That's what I love about adventure travel. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. So, now how about, you know, usually when people think about taking trips, they think about, oh, I want to go to this place or I want to go see this place. But actually, right, in our community, we can do a lot of different things. Uh, meaning, you know, we can go to events, you know, uh, you know, we can, uh, you know, we can go to trainings, we can go to rallies, we can go to, to, uh, the things maybe a little less organized in rallies, like local kind of meetups and stuff like that. You know I mean? Um, I know that there are some events that are kicking back up in 2021, you know, at least on the East coast, which is what I'm more familiar with. Uh, you know, do you know anything that's, that's going on over there in, in the West coast that, you know, that'll be happening, uh, this year? Yeah, so I've been watching and listening um, with fingers crossed, hoping that some of the rallies are going to be coming back. There's still a lot of talk since since the COVID started. A lot of people aren't real sure. And I'm sure it's a risk to plan a rally. I did see recently, though, I think it was last week, the IMS, the International Motorcycle Shows, mm-hmm. announced that they're going to be doing an outdoor show. Yeah, outdoor series, yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting. And I think are they get they're coming your way too, right? New York, I believe. Yeah, I think they're doing that basically nationally. I think they're trying yeah. to do it. Yeah, yeah, full, yeah. On, full on nationally. Yeah. Uh, and they may have canceled the one. I'm not sure, so no one quote me on this, but I think they may have dropped the one in Washington, D.C., which I think is the last time we met each other. Yeah, that's came out right. With 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 the BDR crew uh, out in, um, out, out in DC and they had kind of moved it to a smaller venue. Right. So, uh, you know, but you know, a lot of the IMS shows out West are just much, much bigger and much more interesting, uh, you know, than, than that one. So yeah, you can always go to go, go to ones like that. I know on the East coast, uh, I think we've got the, uh, Turtech dirt days rally. That one is, I think that that one's up in Maine, your home state there, I believe this year, someone uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, then we have a bunch soggy of bottom too, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Soggy bottom uh, will be uh, will be will be going on. Let's see what else. Uh, uh, Horizons Unlimited, I think, is firing up a lot of the ones in Virginia. And uh, Kevin, if you're in BC, right, they have that scavenger hunt, uh, Mountain Madness, going on there. Uh, Kevin is one of our <laughs> regular listeners. He's in here right now. You know, so uh, Horizons Unlimited is is trying to keep everything. Going and of course, ADV Moto. We will be having our our. We'll be reviving our rally here uh, this spring. So if anyone is interested and is in the Mid Atlantic area, uh, you know, stay tuned for more information. 
you know, on that. But yes, you can go to rallies. The other thing too is is training. Uh, you know, some of these training are are, are full on events. I mean, uh, you know, do you? Uh, I mean, of course, aside from yourself, are there any other trainers that you would recommend that might be spread out through different parts of the country? Absolutely. You you know, uh, in those Rawhide uh, Adventures, which is down in Castaic, California, um, we have um, the Dart School. We have Dusty has the West Thirty Eight Moto. That's Colorado, right? Colorado. Yeah. Dart Dart is Oklahoma. He is Oklahoma, and I I do think that's Bill Dragoo, right? And yeah, he also travels around so i think I've, I've seen him do schools in in different areas gosh i really don't want to leave anyone out i'm gonna hear I never hear the end of it <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem that's a problem yes but there are trainers you know spread out throughout the united states now and the training has been another industry which has really boomed in the past 10 years here um you know i mean in the immediately in the dc area we've got a uh, dc dirt camp you know but anyway there are places that you can go around and uh, you know, get get training. You know, they will, they will have classes, and it's just as fun as probably anything else. Maybe a little lower pressure than saying, "Well, I'm going to meet a bunch of strangers, and we're going to go do some rides or trails that I'm not really going to know if I'm comfortable doing it." And you worry about you know group, you know the group psychology, you know going faster and all the machismo and all that other kinds of stuff like that. You know, training is much more low key, and you can have a whole ton of fun doing it as well. Yeah, and I think it's. It's really good to, it's a good way to boost your confidence and, uh, you know, with, with, with a better confidence, then you can ride better and uh, probably have, well, better experiences out there when you're riding. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no substitute for that. And also, everyone, if, uh, uh, you know, if, if you know anyone that's listening, if you know of anyone that's, that's a good trainer that we haven't listed or, or, or we're not aware of, feel free to stick them in the comments, you know, in our description, we're going to put up links to uh, to some useful assets and stuff like that. Um, and we'll, we'll probably do a mini version of an article for this. But, uh, you know, feel free to give your, your friends that work hard, uh, you know, in this industry to establish something, a shout out, you know, and, uh, and we'll be happy to know more about them and, you know, share that with other people as well. Um, that's that's actually really important to, to be sure that we get the word out. Yeah. And I think even if, uh, you know, Maybe somebody doesn't have the funds or the time off to go and do some training. You know, you can also do some training on your own. There, there are, there's, there's a lot of good YouTube videos out there. And just practicing some simple maneuvers, even in your backyard. Got a little lawn patch or go down, you know, to somewhere in town where you can spin around a bit and do some things like figure eights. Some lock to lock turns, you know, going slow on a bike is always good practice to get you to go faster. Clutch drills are good. And I would say if you've got time and you're stuck home on the COVID, then go ahead and practice plugging some tires. That's always good because you never know or change a tire. Or if you have a tube's tire, then changing a tube. It's, it's good to just do that when you, you know, practice that when you have your your home and the comfort of your house and, and you've got everything right there where you need it. And that way, when it does happen, when you're out on the trail, it's not such a scary situation. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now thinking about being at home, you know, there's a lot of stuff, whether you're doing a short trip, like, you know, around your own, you know, neighborhood or you're, you know, heading out off to the wild blue yonder, so to speak, you know, there's a lot of tools and stuff that you can use at home 
to, you know, find routes, you know, what are some cool things that you use? Uh, maybe it's software or, or, yeah. or internet pages or, or good old fashioned paper maps. So, all right. I might shock a few people, <laughs> but here we go. So I do, I plan a lot of rides. I lead a lot of rides. I've, I've led some tours and stuff. And this is what I do. I start off, even my Alaska trip, I start off on Google. Uh, Google Earth, Google, drop that little man down into those dirt roads and see what looks good. See what has a gate, see what doesn't. Um, try to find some, you know, dirt roads that wind along the rivers and start to plan. Uh, if you're going to go from point A to point B, really get in there and kind of dissect the terrain. What's going on between here and there? And what's the most inefficient way to get there? In other words, if it's an hour by highway, can I do it in six? That's right. Um, I don't use base camp or any of those other ones that everybody else uses. Uh, I actually use a program called My Scenic Drives. It's actually online and it's free. You can just go to myscenicdrives.com. What I like about it is anyone can start using it right away. You don't need any training. I don't even think it comes with directions. It looks very similar to Google Earth or Google Maps. You just go on there. You look at point A to point B, and then you start you start clicking different roads along the way and making a point, making a point, making a point, and uh, forcing that track. And usually I'll have my senior drives open on one window, and I'll have Google Maps open on the next window. Um, that way I can look at, maybe local businesses or hotels or campgrounds and then go back over to my page to finish planning the route. What's cool is when my route's all planned, it'll tell me, you know, oh, it's going to take you eight days to get an hour away. Then I know I've got a good route and I can save it and then export it as a GPX file. Uh, it has a little drop down and it has pretty much, I think, just about every GPS out there and you can save the file, drop it on your desktop, plug in your GPS, drag it over and boom, let's go ride. And my friends are ride with me. They know that I plan trips like this in a matter of like 20 minutes before while everybody's warming up their bikes. I'm like on the computer, just dropping this in. Another thing I like about it is I can go to any computer anywhere and log on to myscenicdrives.com and when I log in, my drives are there. Every route I've ever planned is there. So years and years of cool rides. And what's nice about that is maybe you didn't, you didn't expect to have the day off, and, but you do, and you decided you're going to go for a ride last minute, but you're not sure where to go. And well, I can just log on to my senior drives and I've got like a hundred rides there and half of them are local and I can just click one, put it in the GPS and then go. And uh, that's, that's what I do anyway. <laughs> I don't know that's if that's cool. like the right way, but. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that, that's important. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, online internet stuff with all the information that can be shared and, and cataloged and, and, you know, and then of course, you know, layers of information, not just routes, but also images on the routes and, you know, things like elevation, people's experiences and their suggestions if things are opened or, or closed, you know, the other thing too is for, for Google earth and maps, uh, you know, those are seasonal images, right? So 
So what it may look like during, during you know, on the map might not be the exact, you know, same same thing you see when you when you get there, depending on when the image was was snapped, you know. But then of course, uh, you know, you've got to, like our friends over at Butler Maps. They they have amazing maps for the routes of BDR maps, but also other maps as well. I do. I and I have the full collection of the Butler maps. And then I have the mad maps. So whether you want to go for a street ride or a dirt ride, and you know, and sometimes it's nice to just kind of have those in your pannier when you're going on a trip, or at least have the maps that you know coordinate to the wherever you're going to be, and uh, pull them out. Sometimes they have uh, even if you just want to maybe even pop in, they have like the BDR maps. You could pop in just a section of a BDR. You don't necessarily have to do the whole thing. Uh, recently, I found myself in Southern California. And well, we had the California BDR right there, but I didn't really want to do the entire thing. Um, I was in Nevada as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. just do like a, a quick day ride and pull the map out. I'm like, oh, we're not far from, you know, section five. Let's just go do it. And uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Kevin from the comments, he says he's thrown darts at maps. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. Kevin, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great idea. <laughs> that's how you do it, man. This yeah. dude busts out the 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 brew and the darts and just start sticking stuff on walls uh and he says uh, uh kevin says you know i love planning but i'm i'm just trying to learn to leave it leave it fluid and that's another thing right just just the going out and getting lost you know uh you know some some people are more comfortable with that than others i mean some people really love to have plans and they're real sticklers of plans and there's benefits to that um, you know but some people are just kind of like i'm just going to go ahead in a direction and if i see something uh, you know, I'm just going to go try and check it out. That may be more fruitful in certain parts of the country than others. I mean, sure. around here in the around here in the East Coast, so you know, a lot of the land is is privately owned. So right. even though you may see a really cool road, the chances are that it dead ends somewhere or up in a hollow or something like that. You know, <laughs> so you have to turning around. But that doesn't mean that you're not finding anything interesting. And you never know unless you and you know go go and go and try, right? Right. And you know, even for those that commute every day. Uh, to and from work on their bike. Um, for you East Coast folks, when you commute in the in the summertime and the spring, um, I think it's it would it's neat to not always do the same route. Even if your commute to work is twenty minutes, try to challenge yourself and once a week take a different route to get there. Um, you'd be surprised just in your town that you've lived in for many years. You just go down some back road and you discover. There's a new restaurant or there's a park you didn't know about and stuff like that. And it's just kind of neat. Maybe you run into somebody and now you have an adventure and you didn't even plan on it. Hey, here's a question. How many, you know, how much, how much of an adventure do you think is, is the people you meet or the people that you're with? That's that, kind of, a, that's kind of an obscure question, but I just figured I'd just throw it out there. Well, to, for me, that's the adventure. The longer I've been riding, you mentioned I've been riding for many, many years. And the longer I've been riding, the more I've found that the memories that I keep dear, the ones that stick in my head, the ones that feel to me like the, the most profound adventures are the ones where I've connected with someone, whether it's a riding buddy that I'm normally riding with or I'm meeting some new people or riding with new people. It's it's all about the people. It, it really is. It, it just becomes more and more and more about the people. So that, to me, that's, that's most of the adventure. 
Yeah, yeah. People are are a huge are a huge uh, are, are a huge aspect of it, and I think people are individually different about that you know i think some people try to focus on maybe the technical challenge of of the ride and that's and that's what they really love and that's what they really get out of it uh some people couldn't couldn't really care less about that they see that as almost kind of mostly being burdensome it's just part of the challenge but they just want to go see new things right and and i think some people enjoy riding with a group. Some people enjoy riding with a riding buddy. And, and some people enjoy riding alone. And then there's some people like me where you like all of those things at different times. You know, of course, it's about the people, like I mentioned. But there is, there is a time now and then where I just need a little solitude. You know, I just need to be in my own mind with my bike and just take a ride. So that's, I think that's important too. Yeah. Oh, oh, hey, uh, here's, here, here's a question for you. Okay. Do you listen to music in your helmet? Okay, I do. Yes, I do. Okay, I don't, okay, don't right. ask me what kind of music. Oh, that was the follow-up question. <laughs> okay, let's play a game. Why don't you try to guess, or why don't, why don't the viewers try to guess what kind of music I listen to when I'm riding off-road on my adventure bike. And let's yes. see what kind of guesses we have, because I'm not sure if anyone... Yeah, that's 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 an awesome viewer challenge. That's an awesome okay. viewer challenge. Everybody in the in the chat, please enter. What what kind of music do you think Jocelyn listens to while she's riding on on the bike <laughs> in her helmet? <laughs> and you know... Okay, what, okay. What, oh, 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 here, here it comes. It's coming in fast, fast and heavy. Heavy <laughs> metal. Heavy metal. No. What does Jocelyn say? Ding or bzzz. <laughs> bzzz. No, no heavy metal. No like Metallica, Slayer, or any no. bar. No. Yeah, because <laughs> honestly, heavy metal is going on inside me when I work. <laughs> I am heavy metal. That's a hint. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill. I'm down with the hill. Yeah, that's nice, but but no. No, uh, um, uh, country. We've got three, four, four votes, five votes for country. Okay, that's interesting. So let's talk about country. Yes, I've listened to country in my headset. However, it wasn't my choice. That's what I'm writing with my buddy, and he's sharing his music, and it's country, which is fine because I like country music too. But uh, that's not what I purposely put into my Senna. Okay, okay. We've got uh <laughs> blues baby shark. Do, 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 do. We've got baby shark. We've got uh seventies, eighties rock and uh Sam Jones says Radio Disney. Those are great guesses, guys. <laughs> so the blues is what I listen to after the ride when we're all sitting around the, the campfire having a cold oh, yeah. beer. Love oh, the yeah. blues. Okay, I should just should I just give it up? Sure, sure. Spill the beans. <laughs> We're going to watch people drop off like flies when I'm done with this. Okay. Uh, She's like, Jamiroquai. It's like, what? <laughs> Jamiroquai. They're horrible live. Very soft French music. Soft French music? Yeah, like very, very soft French. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Do you mean like instrumental music or is there also words and singing in it? Yeah. Do you speak French? Uh, I, I do. do I speak a little bit. Uh, oh, okay, okay, all right. Jean Papa, très bien français. Means I don't oh. really speak that great French, so I don't understand all the words of the song, which is perfect. I just kind of have something going on in my head. But the uh, the soft music 
kind of keeps me calm so I can pay attention to uh, and, and focus on the terrain. But yeah, those awesome. were awesome guesses for everybody. <laughs> Thanks yeah, for those, playing. Those are, those are champion <laughs> guesses. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's that's fantastic. You know, it's tabernacle is what Kevin says. Oh, that's bad. No, that was shut <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to get censored because of the, yeah, the T-word? I'm going to get censored because of the <laughs> T-word. I thought that was Eastern Canada, or is that all Canada? I don't know. Um, I thought that was just like Eastern Canada. I think that's all French-Canadian. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Although I did learn that word from my Eastern Canada. They're from Chicoutimi. My friends from Chicoutimi, Canada, taught me that word. They told me it meant hello, so like I went walking oh, no. around in the town, and I was like, talking that? <laughs> it didn't work so well. <laughs> These damn Americans. They are so rude. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> They're foul mouths south of the border. Nope. <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, I mean, that's, a, that's, that's, that's straight up awesome. And yeah, you know, uh, sometimes I like to listen to jazz because it's upbeat. Yes. But it is not distracting. Yes. That would be my second choice, Carl. Good job. Jazz, jazz. I I love jazz, whether it's instrumental or vocal jazz is jazz is great to have, you know, whether you're working or anything, it's not distracting, but it's not like sleepy. Agreed. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. All right. Well, tell you what, let's, uh, uh, we're almost out of time. Uh, No, I know, I I know, you know, it, it, it just goes so fast. But, uh, you know, I have my canned question at the end. Uh, do you have some words of encouragement or inspiration to everyone listening in, in 2021? Eat the cake, buy the bike, take the ride. <laughs> but seriously, um, you know, a, a, a lot of times I, I get messages from people saying, I've watched your videos or I follow you on Instagram and I'd love to have this type of a motorcycle, but I think it's too big or it's too scary or it's too this or it's too that. And so I want to send a message to those people and say, just, just do it. I I was afraid too. And I thought it was too big and I thought it was too scary. And, and it's, it's really, it's all in your head. You, You can do anything you want and you can accomplish anything you want. For those of you who are working a lot and that was your excuse for so long why you haven't gone on these fun rides, um, you, you know, maybe next year or next year we'll be able to. Well, now we've had COVID and a lot of people have had furlough and you've spent some time at home. So I don't think there's a better time than now. And so I'll give you the Dolly Parton quote. Don't get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorites. I love that well. one. Yeah, and that's then, awesome. The last one is live is about living life to the fullest. You know, we can't change it. We can't put more years in our life, but you know, we can put more life in our years. There you go. All solid. All solid. Well, thank you very much for coming on tonight. Dawson, you're a fantastic guest. Uh, love having you on. If, if you would love to come back on, of course, it would be our pleasure to have you back on. If that's thank cool. You. Thank you, Carl, and thanks to everybody who jumped on. I appreciate it. Uh, I really appreciate the support. Yeah, yeah. Also, certainly thanks to everyone here. Uh, please hang around for a few minutes uh, after the show. We'll, we will we will just kind of close out. Okay. All right. Thank you. Well, all right. Thanks again to uh, Jocelyn for taking some time tonight to be with us and share her ideas. 
she's always got something fun going on so you know check out her youtube and instagram channel links uh, that are in the description we will also update the description with some of the other things that we had talked about today you know in case you think it's like well man where am i going to go what am i going to do maybe you can come back and it will help but we've got some other announcements as well first uh you know we're going to be diversifying our video content so we're going to be moving to one live show per month you will still see my face though good or better that may be uh, as we are going to be doing stuff with adv moto garage we're going to be focusing more on some bike uh, bits and gear we have a few things lined up from that um one is uh we're going to do a little bit of video on our uh, project himalayan which was just in uh, our most recent issue for january that was an incredibly fun build. Uh, I love the Himalayan. It's one of my favorite bikes. It's one of my daily rides. Um, and then we also have the Tenere 700 updates that we're slowly rolling out. And we also have a sweet little Honda ADV 150 scooter here. Uh, I've just had a blast on some gravel roads, and we have some thoughts to share about it. But because we will have fewer live shows, it's really important that we make the most out of our time together. So everyone, please let us know what kind of topics or guests you would like to see on ADV Moto Live or any other type of talk show that we may do. Your feedback is really important in making sure that we make the programming that you want to watch. I really cannot overstate that. So please join us next time, uh, next month for ADV Moto Live number 22 uh, for our Dakar rally update with USA Dakar contender, Skylar Howes. Uh, and our co-managing editors, Kira and Justin, where we will be talking about the, the Dakar experience, what it takes to cover, compete, and conquer fresh back from the battle. As always, your support means a lot and keeps the motorcycle world running. Again, let us know what you'd like to see on the show in the comments below. And in the meantime, don't forget to mash those like subscribe buttons and visit AdventureMotorcycle.com for more stories, news, reviews, videos, podcasts, and more. Until next time, from everyone here at ADV Moto, ride safe, have fun. Wow.